Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Want to know the best way to give a last-minute gift without stressing about shipping, wrapping, or getting just the right thing? Gift a tree. With One Tree Planted, you can give a donation to plant one, ten, or hundreds of trees on behalf of someone you love. This is a seriously sustainable gift that will last a lifetime. And the best part? You'll get one free tree and an awesome e-card to send as a gift. Visit OneTreePlanted.org and enter code HOLIDAYS at checkout for your free tree. Then sit back and relax. We'll do all the planting. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to Reasonable Wrestling. It is I, the Most High, and I am here with my tag team partner, CT Chitty Bang. And What's up? We are here on a late Sunday night, but here nonetheless, recording a very special character spotlight. As we promised. As we promised. Black History Month. Our character spotlight is on Montel Vontavious Porter, MVP. Some may know him as Hassan. Some, some may, may know him as, you know. Antonio Banks. I mean, some may know him as Alvin. But. To most. Us fans, we know him as MVP. And um, as, as, um, as we kind of got the. As I got to work with him at MLW as a PA, um, very got me to think. You know, MVP is very underrated. Absolutely. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like very underrated. And, and I gotta say, like even like before I did the research on him, even for me, I underrated him. And going back and looking at his career, I really appreciate him even more now uh, because. As we're gonna go through, there's a lot of moments he had, and there's a lot of um, and as a black wrestler and as a black wrestling fan, you want to see representation, and you want to see somebody who um, is familiar with what you know, like you know, familiar with somebody who you can gravitate towards, and he was that. MVP so, definitely was that. So, uh, I mean, two thousand what? Five maybe two thousand six. He, th- he debuted in two thousand and five, I believe. So like, but before that, he, he was the, he, yeah he was in the Indies, and you know, well, but, in, do you want to talk about his? I his do, past? but I was just about to say when you're talking about representation mm-hmm. and the landscape of what were and who when he came to the mainstream mm-hmm. in two thousand five as a black wrestler portraying a character that he did, we identify with that absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, that was a, a character that we can easily gravitate and attach to. It's recognizable. It's familiar. It's somebody who, because um, as, as, you know, 
as representation on TV for black characters, there's not that many diverse black characters. Exactly. So for, of the uh, tropes and things that are seen in multi main and in mainstream, to pull from a character to to translate on a wrestling screen, he chose a, a character that can translate for a general audience, a arrogant, you know, cocky, um, self absorbed. Player, you know, uh, whether it be a football player, a basketball player, he got inspiration from, you know, Terrell Owens. I see, you know, and all that. So it's something that we see, and we're like, like you, I remember you saying, like we see somebody as, yo, we see him as a face. We see him as a face, you yo. know, in the black community. It's like, oh, okay, yo, by you him, know, talk your shit. You by know? him getting inspiration from To, like just thinking, we was just talking like to kind of like round shit up. We was just talking off camera about two K uh, and. Um, NFL 2K5 uh, mm-hmm. and how Terrell Owens that was that was the year he was ostracized and scrutinized mm-hmm. and like uh, uh, villainized and we yeah, like yeah. what like, about like his for, attitude. for what like, yeah. and MVP coming off and a character perfect timing perfect timing yeah perfect timing and he was able to like really generate some some legitimate steam that. He carried on that character for about fifteen years now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, as we are, we're going to get started into this character spotlight, and we're going to do a deep dive into the career of MVP, um, going all the way back, start you know touching on some things in the in- Indies. Obviously, his run in WWE, being influential globally in uh, New, New Japan, Japan. Uh, and then coming back on United States TV, rounding up on uh, and TNA. TNA Impact. Uh, like I said, it was an MOW. Um, so, career is a very lengthy career, man. Uh, so we're going. We're talking like we're talking fourteen years plus now, uh, going on fourteen years. So he's well worthy of a character spotlight. Well worthy of a spot in the up in the echelons of black wrestling history. Of course. So he's a perfect guy to choose to do our first uh, character spotlight for the month of February. You know, if we end up doing another one. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll see. But um, but uh, he, yeah, for we him, we definitely had to shout out to OG MVP. I remember meeting him in ML, at MLW briefly. We smoked with him real quick. And he's a, he was a pleasant super guy. Player, super, super player. Super player. But let's get right into it. Let's talk about um, his debut. But before his debut, he he did work in the Indies, 2002. Okay. He, he he beat the pep. He, you know, he's, he's an indie wrestler. He beat the pavement just like all the other indie guys for about... From 2002 to 2005, you know, so that's like three years of him, you know, riding the cars, working out of fucking bingo halls and, uh, you know, elementary schools and whatnot. He ended up being FOW tag team champion. Uh, don't know that personally. And he was with a guy named Punisher who I don't know personally. Shout out Punisher if you hear this, if you know who that is. Um, hey. And he was also CCW heavyweight champion. So he obviously showed early on he has potential. Uh, and from there, he did do some stints in TNA and ROH, but eventually, he was noticed, and he got signed to development developmental contract in Deep South Wrestling, where uh, he was Antonio Banks. Uh, and eventually, he crafted this character called MVP, Montel Vontavious Porter. Uh, as I said, he's inspired by Terrell Owens, and he says he was also inspired by um, Cuba Gooding's character and Jerry Maguire. Uh, Rod Tidwell. 
No, I never watched Jerry Maguire. All what? I know about Jerry Maguire is show me the money. That's nah, all I know man. about Jerry nah, Maguire. That character's that character's kind of like where these athletes get it from. Okay. Like that character is where Antonio Brown and T.O. and mm-hmm. I mean Dion was kind of you know Dion kind of set the stage, set the mold. Dion you know? kind of was the mold of that character. Yeah. I, I would okay. say. So yeah, they based it on Dion. Yeah. yeah, let's just put it that yeah. way. Dion's the mold. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that movie is very much so um, a staple in um, pop culture history. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, yeah. So as we know. He worked in Deep South Wrestling, you know, where he uh, um, started to, you know, learn the WB system. Eventually, they pulled him up to the main roster, and he uh, did some for, he did some live events, some dark matches for WWE, which uh, led to a developmental contract. Um, Yo, he was, he was trained just, by Norman Smiley. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was trained by Norman Smiley. Who's That's right, right now training a good friend of mine, Matt Riddle. So, shout out <laughs> to Norman, Mr. Wiggle Smiley. Still getting it done. Still out doing here, it. Still doing it. Norman's Norman's a fat. Yo, Norman, you want and a professional. And a professional. Yo, if y'all really think Norman ain't a G, yo, YouTube, Norman Smiley, he got busy. All right, Norman got busy. So shout out when we talk about Black History. Got shout out Norman Smiley, train MVP. He was hilarious. Um, so, I mean, goodness gracious, man. <laughs> but yeah, his his, uh, his debut. Was August fourth, two thousand six. Uh, he joined the SmackDown roster, which was stacked with talent. Yo, they had Chris Benoit, they had Batista, they had Rey Mysterio, they had so many big time players, and he had to find a lane there. You know, and with this MVP character, the idea was that he had the biggest contract ever given to any signee. Uh, he had the girls, he had the bling. And they had a conference where he was signed to SmackDown, and Teddy Long gave him that first contract, that big contract that they were talking about. Um, but when you get him on the mic, he delivered. He got heat. When he got on the mic, he talked his shit. People hated him. People hated him so damn much. Uh, he had his first match, uh, I believe, in No Mercy 2006. Uh, he came out, he, he faced an enhancement talent, you know, because he, he was big enough trying to, like, tell everybody, hey, I'm going to, I'm the best, you know, you guys haven't seen an athlete like me, and I'm going to have a great match against um, a really strong opponent, and he gets to New Mercy, and it's some scrub, it's some enhancement talent, which he does quick work with, and everybody's, everybody's furious, everybody's just, you know, mad, no one wants to see that, and then he comes back on SmackDown, and he talks his shit again and says, you know, that guy, he's a killer. That guy's a killer. I went out there and beat him just like that. But he's just getting more and more heat. Now, I think that you guys know his first, um, if you guys are familiar with his first feud that's memorable, is this switch with Kane. So after that, getting him introduced to the crowd and seeing the character, we understood what he was, got him booed, got him, got the heat that on him. Immediately gets into a, a position with Kane, a veteran, and on SmackDown. So right away, he's yeah, he's in a big spot. I mean, he's rubbing at this time. He is, um, he's like you said, he's in a feud with Kane. He's rubbing shoulders with the Undertaker, who's in a feud with Mr. Kennedy at the time. Uh-huh. So now at this point, Mr. Kennedy and Undertaker are in a World Championship feud that. 
with Batista. Batista's uh-huh. champion at the time. Taker's trying to get the title. Mr. Uh-huh. Kennedy is trying to get that title slot. Whatever the case may be. MVP comes in right off the gate in a high-profile match or a high-profile storyline uh-huh. with premier talent. He wanted the competition. Tate Long came out there. Said, you want that heat? I'm going to give you heat. He gave him Kane. You know, uh, so, yeah, he, he had a huge... Kane actually left Raw and because he, he had, like, a... Um, he had a... He had a uh, loser leaves Raw match, I think, with Umaga. Kane left Raw, came to SmackDown, started that feud with MVP. And people remember it. It's something that people actually remember. Because that feud led to the um, Inferno match that we all know where Kane... Yo, Kane just lit. My, yo, <laughs> legit, my nigga his MVP ass, on ass was on fire. He lit his ass on fire, fam. That, yo. Okay, so first of all... I've worked with him uh, briefly, mm-hmm. but I know that MVP likes to kind of... Um, he's not Randy Savage. He's mm-hmm. not going over the match, you know, extensively. But, mm-hmm. you know, hey, how are we going to do this part? Mm-hmm. It's, it's wrestling, all right? It's, 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 it's the theater. It's the art. Mm-hmm. Man, ain't no way my man got like, okay, we're going to throw you over the fire. Then put you in the fire. <laughs> and my man like, huh? Yeah. And he does it. So it's like immediately he debuts. He's on SmackDown. <laughs> does an enhancement talent. Just scrub. Boom. Takes him out. I'm thinking like, all right, so he's getting started. He has, he has having a street fight with Kane a at Manchester. Fight. Which I think is his first showing of actual uh, matchability. Because I went back and watched that street fight. It was decent. I mean, personally, I thought it was a decent ma- match. And it was in Manchester, so it was a big crowd, big, high energy. Um, then he gets put into a Inferno match. So as a, as a talent being in your first year, I'm pretty sure MVP, you know, Hassan didn't think, okay, I wonder what his, his reaction Bro, was. Bro, like, a street you're gonna fight, be a cage and- match, <laughs> a tag team match against Taker and Kane, and, and then an Inferno, Inferno match. match. Like, when he said you're going to be in an Inferno match and you're going to be lit on fire, like, how was it? wonder what his bruh, reaction I'll, was. Bruh, yo, MVP, if you're listening to this, yo, hit us up, uh, RW Podcast One, uh, retweet this, let us know what the hell you was in your mouth, uh, going through your mind when it was like, yo, we want to put you on fire, dog. <laughs> and you're going to be like, okay, and then what? And then I'm like, okay. Yeah, and then you're going to run around the ring. We're not, not going to put you out. We're not going to put you out yet. You're going you're gonna to have to run around the entire ring. Bro, on fire. He before got you get to the, the announce tables, ran all the way to the ramp before he was just like, fuck it, nigga, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> and then, then the thing was like, out. shh. I'm like, yo, ain't no, yeah. yo. That warm suit had to be, I mean, that uh-huh. cold suit, whatever yeah. you put on, that fire uh, put in there. Yeah, I don't, yeah, you know, so... And then he wrestled the whole match with Yeah, he that. wrestled the whole match with, with, with the, the... Whatever the whatever that... He, he couldn't have just been on fire. No, no, no. I think that... That's I mean, Under that... Or at least um, the suit was... Because, was, you know, people would you call him a Power Ranger and all that stuff. That's when he was, get, he was getting mad heat for being that in that blue gear. And it's like a track suit <laughs> slash leotard. So, um... A leotard? I'm sure <laughs> underneath that leotard track suit thing... Um, they had some kind of protection, or that was made of flammable stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but, yeah, but they had to protect his ass. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because his ass was on fire. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. There's that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the match was, you know, built, obviously, like any Inferno match, it was built around uh, avoiding the flames. They had some cool spots in there. And, you know, MVP eventually had to jump out the ring because you have Kane in the ring with the ring full of fire. I mean. Uh, Kane pushed his ass out the ring, followed him out there, and lit him on fire, basically. So... There you go. You know, uh, pretty much attempted murder. <laughs> As we always see with Kane. <laughs> Kane has attempted people's murder Bro, my on numerous is, occasions, and people cheer, cheer him. How is the mayor of <laughs> Knoxville, Tennessee, Jeffrey Dahmer? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> you know, uh, he's, oh, he's shot Shane's balls. He's, I think I'm pretty sure he's uh, lit people on fire. We, yeah, we've seen people lit people. He lit Undertaker on fire in and a casket. He, yeah, and he's the Knoxville mayor right now. He's the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee. Shout out to Kane, Glenn Jacobs. Shout out to Kane, this. Glenn Jacobs for putting MVP over as well. That few kind of allowed uh, the crowd to give him some type of um, legitimacy early. Yeah, absolutely. You know absolutely. what I mean? Instead when you come of, in and you're working with veterans immediately, rather than it's like, oh, they could have had him come in and work with Kennedy or come and work with somebody underneath. Exactly. Um, but they, I could see that they were trying to make him a legitimate star by putting him in the ring with people who are already stars. And then um, after that match with Kane, uh, he comes out to SmackDown. You see his back. He's all burned, scabbed up. Yo, this is where we kind of like, so watching this, so this is why, this is how I say like, oh, as older wrestling fans, we appreciate him more because going back, listen to that promo when he came, that promo after the Inferno match, he comes on SmackDown he, he he has the burn marks yeah. showing, and he gives the promo. And he's just like, "How the fuck are y'all not cheering for yeah. me?" <laughs> Honestly, I think I, that after that, they could have turned they him could, face. Yo. They, yo, MVP has a lot of moments where they could have turned him face before they actually did later on. Where I think they could have shifted the tide, but when they're still booing the guy who got burnt alive. And he's not even saying cocky shit like, yeah, I survived the fire and flames. He's just saying, like, man, so I went to the doctor, and I have, you know, first-degree burns, and, you know, it's hard for me to walk, and I suffered. And they're like, boo! (laughs) (laughs) So we're like... Clearly, these guys are racist. <laughs> the whole crowd's racist. Yo, it's two thousand. Yo, they're booing MVP, and the only thing MVP has really done since he since he arrived it's just was be, just be confident. All he did it. was be confident. Yo, his character legitimately him. was just like, yo, I deserve to have this money. Like, you know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, I came in. Like, don't don't get me wrong. If you're not confident in what you're doing, then you probably deserve to be where you at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So MVP came in and was like, listen. They offer me money. I'm not supposed to take it. Uh-huh. And I'm going to say it every single time I, I come out here. Every time I come out here. Nigga, uh-huh. Because at the end of the day, what made him such a great heel as well is that, like, he stayed with an excuse. But it was an excuse that made sense. Yeah. He was he was super logical. Uh-huh. Ever since thinking about, if you see a trend through MVP's career is that, uh, at least when he's, especially his career in WWE, he's always, like... He's over super cocky no matter what, and always making an excuse on why he lost or why something happened and why and it just gets more heat. And the thing about MVP is he's not only saying lines that are true and legitimate; is that he can deliver them too. So, and that's what I, I have. I, I've yet to speak on his, his his cadence. MVP has legitimately one of the best cadences I've seen on the mic 
out of many, many, many people. You know, I'm not saying uh, he, he can go. He can go to toe to toe. Honestly, he can really go toe to toe on the mic with anybody. I'm not saying that he's gonna go on a whole soliloquy. He's done soliloquies, honestly, for real. <laughs> so going back and watching him, I didn't realize how good he was on the, on the mic. You know, so like I'm looking looking at him talk, and I'm like, is he believable? Can I buy into it? And you can. Everything he says, you can buy into it. And you can buy into the fact that he believes everything he's saying. So when he comes out there with the, with the scabs and everything, he's even selling that. It's sympathy. And I think within that sympathy, they could have turned in face. But the crowd didn't react face. And they didn't give him no sympathy whatsoever. So how do you turn somebody's face when the crowd keeps booing you? You know, and they kept him as a heel, which I think MVP is great as a heel, which is fine. Um... After that, you know, he 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 did a couple matches with Kane and Undertaker and, and Ken Kennedy. You know, they had a little little shindig for a little while um, before we end up in five um, to Survivor Series. And at Survivor Series 2006, uh, he was eliminated by I think RVD early on in that match. Yeah, RV, <clears throat> excuse me. It was like a big fucking spot fest at the beginning of that. Imaga went uh, wild Samoan, no pun intended, on niggas. And uh, got himself disqualified. So MVP was the first officially pinned superstar of that match. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anytime you take a five star frog splash from Rob, I mean, you kind of won, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, you won what? You won getting the five star flash? Yeah, not winning. I mean, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, Rob Van Dam eliminated him. You know, it's his first um, rookie career, rookie, rookie year. It's all good. You know, moving on to um, Armageddon 2006. Actually, the, actually, the Inferno match happened before Armageddon 2006, where he had the Inferno. You know, the the Survivor Series match happened before the Inferno match. My bad. Uh, and uh, after the, after the Inferno match, he he had a couple angles with Mr. Kennedy. Um, they could have turned him face here, like I said. But hey, they're blowing, they're blowing him. So after that, he comes back after Kane. He tries to light his ass on fire, as anybody would if somebody lit you on fire. And he continued that feud for a little bit. He spun his wheels, leading into Royal Rumble. And but what we really want to talk about is fast forward to WrestleMania. And WrestleMania yeah. is uh, starts a feud with him and Chris Benoit. Well, it was it was um it it. It was, it was a, a, it was actually there. Yeah, was it the start of it? No, the the, the it was the start of what the WrestleMania. The yeah, first match? was it? There was a first match. Um, I'm not sure if they were the first match of the night. But what one thing I will say is that I'm not sure if Chris Benoit was injured during this program or whatever. But leading into WrestleMania, MVP was legitimately facing nobodies, like nobodies, and legitimately the night before WrestleMania, MVP. Has a match with. I can't even. I can't even um, express this. His name is. Let me read it here on my notes. His name is Vico Batamango. Oh, was it Vico? Two, was it the night uh, before? It was the, the SmackDown. The SmackDown before us. The SmackDown before. He faces Vico Batamango, and previously he faced some Klaus Halgen guy from Scottish or some some place overseas, and. What I don't like about this Vico Batamango guy is he's, he's the Ethiopian champion. This guy comes out with a spear, uh, nappy hair, uh, a fucking skirt or tree and leaves on it, 
And as an African myself, it was very highly offensive. It was highly, highly offensive. We don't wear that shit. <laughs> we don't wear even in Africa. <laughs> but yeah, he defeats Vico Baramango going into WrestleMania. So it's kind of I don't know what was going on. Like I, Chris Benoit had a couple. Um, when they set up the the match, he had a couple um, segments with him. But after that, he's legitimately just fight, fighting guys from other countries. I guess because you know he's um, Canadian. So he's fighting like made up guys from other countries well, saying they were the champion of their, this, their country. Some guy from Honduras, this guy from, you know, some this other pro- Dutch company. This program, uh, this program was pretty much just MVP showcasing that he can carry a program. Mm-hmm. This was um, the ability f- uh, for him to sh- to show and utilize what kind of carried his career. As we'll talk about yeah. going forward, his mouthpiece, um, him being able to, um, like you said, his cadence and conduct yeah. the promo, and whether an audience is listening or not, because I used to be one of those audience members that, like, I didn't care what somebody was saying, uh-huh. like, just show me the fight or whatever the case may yeah. be. You know, he was able to have people. Listen to what he was saying. Yeah, and and get legitimate. He, and get you know, legitimate. He, he'll go out there, face scrubs, uh, enhancement talent. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm saying scrubs, enhancement talent, and he would you know destroy him and then say and then talk shit. And he looked and he he sold that match going into WrestleMania as best as he could with his mouthpiece and no Chris Benoit. I'm not sure where he was. I'm not sure if he was injured or whatever. Um, I think I've heard something in the past about him getting injured around that time. But they went to WrestleMania. Now he faces Chris Benoit. And he and he he met he like he um, gives credit to Chris Benoit for mentoring him and kind of in, enhancing his in ring in ring ability uh, in his first career. I mean his first year. And of course it would. It's Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit, the crippler. He's uh, well known in the Heart Foundation. I mean the Heart um, Dungeon. Getting trained over there. All these all those Canadian wrestlers can go. So Chris Benoit taking him under his wing is a huge. Um, it's a huge, what do you say, honor, because he, I'm sure Chris was not taking anybody on his ring, just anybody. He actually saw something in MVP. Uh, and he I, didn't I, take I, the Miz on his ring. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. <laughs> you know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think I think for what it was is that um, you, it's the it's the business also. MVP has, as you can see, a pretty decent, as above average, you know what I mean, extensive knowledge of the wrestling business. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
and I don't want to even demean it and, you know what I mean, say above average, but, like, realistically, <clears throat> for someone to kind of, like, be out, he lost some years to come into the game and um, repeatedly uh-huh. be able to maneuver and shift and... Yeah. Uh, he, he, he was growing. Yeah, I think that MVP was growing in his entire career. Exactly, like, and and this is this is a, a testament to him taking it seriously and always working hard. So him working with Crypto One and WrestleMania is not something small, you know. And going into this, you know, he's calling out saying he's better than Ric Flair, he's better than Harley Race, you know, he's better than Dusty Rhodes, you know. He's saying all this, talking all this shit, getting, getting heat going into the match, and then in the match, you know, he actually wrestles with. He's not like he's just doing just regular shit. They actually have some grappling, you know, and every single match he has with Chris Benoit subsequently gets better and better. Yeah. At WrestleMania, he didn't happen to win the United States Championship. I think with the character he had and the, what he's shown so far and the moments he's already had in his career at this point, they should, have, they should have crowned him at WrestleMania there. I don't, well, no, I don't. I wouldn't even... <clears throat> And and this is great about the it would have made him like like I mean not that it's like he would gave him that moment at WrestleMania I mean we'll talk more about his other WrestleManias and why I think they should have crowned him here that's true and I think that in hindsight uh, as Chris Benoit is bit with his hand raised and it was like Chris Benoit with another WrestleMania moment I feel like that he did which he already had which he already had true. So I I feel you with that. Like mm-hmm. I can see. Like here it is. Mm-hmm. The Isla and if he was thing. legitimately injured or something's up with him, give it to somebody who's actually been around and been, um, you know, uh, there. You know. Well, not, he he eventually did drop he, it. He eventually did drop it. He he faced Chris Benoit at Backlash. After that, he ended up losing that again. You know, they're wearing the same gear. You know, you saw, saw that they were wearing the Yo, same gear from but, WrestleMania. Yeah, but my, th- uh, I, I I think it would. That match would have been the the match at WrestleMania. When he went to the roll roll up, yeah, if, that's when he won with a roll up. If they would have made that match longer, no, he won with the headbutt at WrestleMania. He, at WrestleMania, he hit with the headbutt, and but then, then the backlash, backlash match, he won with yeah. a roll up. So I was like, man, if they would have if they would have made that match a hair bit longer, um, at WrestleMania, it would have mattered so much more at Backlash. When MVP lost, um, and when he lost again at Backlash, that two out of three falls match that they had, uh, wh- when he finally won it, would have also meant something. Yeah. Because as I, as we went back and watched it, it they main evented the show, matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, it yeah. was uh, uh, Night of Champions, matter yeah. of fact. Uh, Ven- Vengeance. Vengeance. Vengeance, actually, yeah. Oh uh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. Judgment Day. Judgment Day. Judgment Day. I'm sorry. All these names are all. Oh man, they just <laughs> run together, man. <laughs> Judgment Day. Judgment Day was his first win. First yeah, time. They crowned him there. They crowned him at Judgment Day. He main evented Edge and Batista. Was it Edge and Batista that went before them in the in that in that in that show? Like that uh-huh. was crazy. You know, like. To see, like, as CT searching the match. Um, did they really, yo, did they really main event that one? Yeah, he, yo, you're on the WWE Network. Shout out, WWE.org. Um, it's the fifth year anniversary today. It's the fifth year anniversary of the WWE Network. Um, I was one of the first 
100 subscribers. I know because I think I still have the email. Yeah, I was I was one of the first ones. So I, I, I believe. I'm not sure if I was 100, but I was one of the early ones. Um. So they they did they did main event that show. Uh, because you were searching on the WWE network. Yeah, I, I didn't they, go to the end. Yeah, you did go to bro. It's no, it's nothing. It, it was no other. It was uh, well, uh No, I didn't go to the end. John, what? Yeah, John Cena and Greg Khali. Damn. Yeah. yeah. So just to be accurate, guys. Uh, yeah, it was actually John Cena and Greg Khali. Well, okay. Which, if, the, if, it, <laughs> if it's that match. <laughs> Then the yes. main event. <laughs> Chris Benoit, MVP, main event that pay per view, dog. <laughs> I mean, let's oh, keep it real. Sorry, oh, Greg man. I mean, there I is. I love Khalid, but like, bruh. Uh, I can't, like, really see. Cena say. beat him by submission. Do you believe that? Yeah, I do believe that. I'm talking about Cena. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so yeah, moving on. Moving uh, yeah, on he also. won that championship. He got crowned, and I'm gonna say that um, for a rookie year, it wasn't bad. MVP's rookie year. I'm not saying he's like top ten of all time. Maybe I don't know, but I, he he got the United States Championship within his rookie year. I he had an infernal match with Kane. I would put him as I would put it great at top program 10. with Chris Brown, Chris um, Chris Benoit. You know, so I would, great rookie year. I will put it as top ten, and the reason why I put it as top ten is because. As he wins that United States Championship, he then becomes the longest then reigning United States champion. Over that year. Over that span of time. He was United States champion the entire year. And, and when when they make that when they make that uh decision to like crown him, they probably have an idea like, okay, we're gonna give him a little bit and see where we go. Yeah. And yeah. then when he has it, they're like, eh, okay, let's give him a little well, more room. Well, a lot happened, you know, when he had it. Um, I know that. Uh, we'll talk about first how, how what, what happened after he had it, you know. So May 25th uh, on SmackDown, he comes out in a convertible Mustang. He cuts a promo about how they, you know, about how people just doubted him. You know, and now they're having a no choice because he's the MVP of SmackDown. The title was gave him, a, gave him legitimacy. So we've been talking all this shit the entire time. That title, I think, gave MVP legitimacy, the character, the title, and he has a, a, legitimate, a legitimate spot as a, as a newbie. He, he paid off. That shows they gave him the ball, and now he's running with it. You know, Let's fast forward to Avengers Night of Champions. Uh, he stole a win against Ric Flair. Uh, that kind of that, that match kind of just got thrown up and just, just well, random. Let's just, let's just so say they, didn't, they didn't really do nothing with him. He wrestled Rick, immediately. He wrestled Ric Flair. Like so again, when we're talking about rookie years, mm-hmm. that's cool. That's you know what I mean. Like you, you, you get caught up to the big. It's like playing baseball. You get caught up to the big leagues, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like you're on a winning team, and then you're you're in the batter's box, and the pitcher you're looking at is like Roger Clemens or some shit yeah. like that. You're like, ah, oh, this is a moment. Yeah. It's a moment. Exactly. And then you go over. Within his first year, he's fought Kane, yeah. Undertaker, Chris Benoit, Ric Flair, all bona fide Hall of Famers. Um, uh, uh, well, well, you know, Rest Redacted peace, is not. Rest in peace, Chris Benoit. We're not going to get into that conversation <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, so, um, but yeah, you know, they're all bona fide legends. Legends. In, in the, in yes, the, in and, the, and, in the, and the, yeah, for you sure. Know, so. And he held his own. He held his own. Yeah. He held his own. He went um, over Ric Flair. Uh, he went over Chris Benoit eventually after, you know, two, but he did do it in two falls when he went over Chris Benoit, which is good. 
He paid, he, he paid his dues. I mean, he actually did everything they told him to do, and he got the ball. Now, when you, know? you said, you mentioned earlier, you was like MVP's first debut feud with Kane was something memorable. But I think his next feud is the most memorable yeah, thing he, that he's had. So he's United States champion at this time. Uh-huh. In um, between, I want to just say, he's United, okay, he, he's United States champion at this time. He fought Ric Flair. You know, he stole that win, and then he goes and does a lot of matches with people like Batista, um, which I want to tell a story that he told, and he says that Batista had a match with him on SmackDown, and Batista went over. And then the next week, Batista had a match with him again on SmackDown, and they're like, what? They're doing this match again? Like, like Batista's like, I don't need this. Like, it's going to hurt you. Like, you don't, and, you know, if I go over, like, it's not helping me. Like, why do you have me going over again the second week? On you, it makes no sense. So Batista, you know, took him, and he's like, "Also, oh, all good, you know. I'm in the main event with you on SmackDown. It's all good." Batista took MVP into the Vince's office and said, "Hey, Vince, we can't do this again. You know, he's somebody we can do something with. I'm gonna go under the, tonight. We're gonna have me out." And then they came up with the way that he um, what beat Batista was running in and sliding in under the ropes at the last minute for a countout victory, and that shows the character of, the, of Batista of noticing somebody. That has potential and trying to bring them along because he because he sees something and and they seem to be good friends from MVP's um from MVP's interviews that I watched so that's a great story that he told yeah I mean and it actually uh, it rubs off on MVP because we see that you know not to get ahead of ourselves mm-hmm. later on in his career at, with TNA mm-hmm. um. You know, just bringing along yeah people with Chris. And, and, he does for other people what Chris Benoit and Batista did for him. Exactly, you know, exactly. And Kane, Undertaker, you know. So he 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 he's a he's a real he's an OG. You know, MVP's an sure. OG who, he's like, he's like, who's from the business. He he understands the business. He's exactly. like old school. So I respect that. You know, but yeah, let's go into his big the biggest feud he had in WWE, which most people remember him for, and that is of course his feud with Matt Hardy. Um, I know that there was a, a moment with him in Stone Cold, like at SummerSlam, where yeah. they had the beer contest. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, like I said, I'm going to crack it with my beer. Come on. You know, and... Um, Damn, my shit's already done. But, you know, <sighs> MVP's a complete... He's, he's, he's an athlete, so him having that comp- competition kept it in line with his character. And with that competition, brought about this spontaneous feud he had with Matt Hardy. It seemed like him and Matt Hardy had some real chemistry... With this feud, and we're yeah. gonna talk about this for a little bit because this marvelous, <laughs> wonderful, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna do the hand gesture because it looks like a Hitler's I mean, Hitler hand gesture. Uh, but his, <laughs> but um, his feud with Matt Hardy was um, it, was, it was all about who's better. It was him new. saying he's better than Matt Hardy. It was new. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was innovative. It um, again. It it tied into the new generation. Yeah, they had arm wrestling contests, big contests, shootouts, push up, push up contests. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know? Um, and what's so crazy about this feud is that during this feud, MVP gets diagnosed with a, a heart condition. You know, I have it here as a. Wolf Parkinson's uh, white Wolf Parkinson's white syndrome, which apparently speeds up his heart rate very very fast. I'm not gonna say it be per minute because I'm not gonna just misquote myself, you know. 
But um, yeah, you know, it was it was a great it was a great feud. But he went down, and they were taking it easy on him. Because but he came back like within a couple of weeks, and after he came back, I suspect that they put him in this tag team with Matt Hardy rather than do a singles, you know, feud. Which this is. I mean, let me look at my notes. This is uh, around fall time. This is around the fall time. And this feud lasts all the way to WrestleMania. And with him having injuries, or not injuries, with him having his heart condition, I'm sure they want to take it easy on him. They put him in a tag team with Matt Hardy, and they win the tag team titles. Um, they beat Deuce and Dominic. Remember them? Uh, I do, but I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they were also in a but he also yeah, had uh, the, boxing Matt, the boxing match. Matt Hardy, he, he um, they were in Madison Square, I believe it was Madison Square Garden. Um, and yeah, MVP, no, not MVP. MVP chose, MVP chose Evander Holyfield as his surrogate because of the heart condition. Exactly, and he was supposed to box MVP, um, Matt Hardy, so he chose Evander Holyfield. Holyfield gets um, faces Matt Hardy in a legit boxing match. It seems like because Matt Hardy gets rocked, he gets getting rocked the entire boxing match. Go back and check that out. Uh, so Matt Hardy gets to say, "I box Evander Holyfield in Madison Garden on Saturday Night Main Event." Like who, who? Matt Hardy never thought in a million years probably that he would be in the ring with Evander Holyfield. And shout out to Matt Hardy. Um, and shout for taking MVP the and shout to MVP again because he like, takes a, he takes a right he hook takes too. Takes a right hook from Evander and like that's a moment, that's a spot, mm-hmm. and you're again performing at the highest level with one of the Evander Holyfield was just at Ric Flair's seventieth birthday party. Right. Yo, everybody was there, bro. Everybody, Mike Ryan from the Dan Levertage, he's a producer on the show, was there. Like, look, we should have been there, bro. God. I mean, next year. Come on, <laughs> come on, Rick. I, I know. mean, Conrad, you gotta hire black people as Conrad. Yo, first you are an inspiration. Before you start bringing black no, people around, Rick Flair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, Van Holyfield. Oh man, fucking Todd Gurley. Oh, Todd, <laughs> bro. Why is Todd Gurley even for And there? I'm not. All right, let's go on. Let's go on. No, I mean, and as I bring off, if I, as I rattle two black people's names and then Booker T, and you know, I'm like, oh, Conrad didn't invite black people, just not us, because we're not that famous. <laughs> <laughs> That's keeping it real. Um, but yeah, moving on. Um, MVP keeps stalling on this United States Championship match with Matt Hardy, telling him, you know what? It's all good, you know. Let's, you know, we should go go get the tag team titles, you know. No, he, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. He, he, said, he, he said he, he I would, could win the tag team titles. He, with went anybody. There, he went in there as MVP said. MVP always used to say, "I'm going to be world heavyweight champion. I'm going to be world heavyweight champion. I'm going to be world heavyweight champion." Actually, that is the actual narrative throughout this whole episode and show of mm-hmm. MVP. How he was always almost there, mm-hmm. but never quite could get there because of, you know, I don't really think Vince would have put the rocket on him with this condition. And then, you know, talking about I TNA, wonder if that gave him a stigma and... The knee injury took him out of the, mm-hmm. his position there. So, like, he just he could, he could just never get there, but he wanted it. Yeah, exactly. And, and he did everything it. he had to do to do it. It, it just wasn't... It wasn't in, in his cards, you know, so, which is fine because he did so many great things, and he is a 
he he put a lot of people in great places. So he with, with his career. So he is United States champion. He's in Teddy Long's office. Mm-hmm. He goes in there. Is like, yo, I'm gonna want to. I want to win every title you got here. Every championship you got here. And Teddy was like. He was like, you know, and, and MVP was like, I can win a tag team titles with the next person that walked through that door. And the next person yeah. that walked through the door was Matt Hardy. And, like, obviously they're feuding. And it's like, it's the it's a budding yeah. pairing of Matt Hardy and MVP. Um, they won the tag team titles, making MVP a double champion. Yeah. Uh, which again just adds on to the accolades, like you said, of his first year, Absolutely. and it's it's dope to see. Like it gives him that, it gives him that push. It gives mm-hmm. him that that um, uh, I'm gonna use legitimacy throughout this mm-hmm. whole episode. Because Even with them winning the tag titles, like the way it happened was pretty cool. Like you know, it's very creative. Matt Hardy hits a twist of fate. Well, after slapping MVP in the face, so that's a tag. Yeah, it's a tag. Um, Matt Hardy hits a twist of fate and becomes in, tosses his ass out the ring, gets the pin. You know, even within that, the cocky, the arrogant, the brashness of him, he's holding the two titles and his United States title belt, and he goes off with them, takes them, to, takes them with him. It's great writing. It's great character building. It's great um, at the moment, and that's why we remember this, because the animosity between them, it seemed believable. It seemed yeah. like... And it was a creative way to tell a story that led throughout the like the rest of the year into WrestleMania. Uh, Matt Hardy and MVP also, you know, with all the antics they had with the shootouts and whatnot, it seemed like they were having fun. Yo, shout above all else, yo, it seemed like they were having fun. Speaking and, of the shootout, MVP, come on, fam, <laughs> for that dunk was a barely, but that shot you made, fire. Fire. But what was the first thing he did? The first... I mean, he missed, missed the layup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, but he played it off, you know? But it was also the draw he though, because I think... I don't think he necessarily missed it on accident. I think he missed it on purpose. I think he could have... And he's that good that I wouldn't be put, put, put it past him to miss it on purpose, get the heat, and everybody laughing mm-hmm. at him. And then he hits the dog, and then he hits the shot, the, um, the jumper from uh, far out. What sets up the title match with uh, Deuce and Domino, as you said. Deuce yeah. and Domino was champion at the time. They came out to attack Matt Hardy and uh, MVP. Mm-hmm. Led to a title match that next week, I believe. Excuse me. They won the tag team titles, like we said, making them a double champion. Mm-hmm. Matt Hardy still wanted that fucking United States title, fam. I mean, he still had it. He still had it. He still rocked with it. Uh He's a double champion. Yeah, he's he's a half tacking champion. You know, half man, half meaning. Uh, I have amazing. Only man with three halves. That's what he said. You know. Uh, so moving on, he's still dodging Matt Hardy, but saying he's better than him the entire time. He's still dodging Matt Hardy, saying he's better than him. He puts some in. Like you know, Matt Hardy saying, "Hey, I want that United States Championship. Then I can be double champion. You know, just give me a shot." And he's like, "You know, I would, but." Yeah, you know, I scheduled us in a tag team to defend our tag team titles. You know, we got to work together, man. You know, just being real <laughs> manipulative. And then, like, you know, he'll another week Matt be like, I need the title. He's like, you know, but I scheduled you in a match because I know you need that warm-up for our match later on. It was great. It was great work. Um, unfortunately, Matt goes down. 
with an injury. Um, and but they they wrote into the storyline of you know fortunately MVP took him out and had a real good beatdown, which I think is the first real heat that he should have got. Like like he's the first time he's done something that's really heel like. He's done other things like cheating to win, mm-hmm. but that makes within character like yo he's you know you know you know if you're not. Cheating, you're not, you're not trying. Yeah, you know. So some people will say, and within his character, his character would do that. So he's just being a confident guy, brash, arrogant, cocky. This attack on Matt Hardy, where he takes him out, is the first action that I see of him being doing some legitimate heel work. He him with a knee breaker on still stairs. Matt Hardy, people are crying in the audience. Like legit, it was it that bad of a beatdown? People are crying in the audience. Uh, so he did what he what he came to do, you know. And with Matt being written yeah. off. Yeah. Um, he walked around after that's after he lost the title, titles, right? He lost it to the Miz. Yeah, and they lost to Miz and Morrison. Mm-hmm. Miz, and that was something we did in our Miz character spotlight. We shouted out because mm-hmm. this was actually Miz. I think Miz's first title. Yeah, that was his first title. This was Miz. So first if you want to go, you can go check out our character spot on the Miz. We talked about this exact match. You know, uh, the, the the Miz and Morrison worked Matt Hardy's knee, and. MVP finish him off. Exactly. <laughs> and that's how they worked. And that's how um, they got rid of Matt Hardy. That's how MVP was able to still keep that United States championship. Mm-hmm. Um, he was... I mean... He, he, he had a couple short feuds with uh, Rey Mysterio and Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Uh, he competed in the Elimination Chamber. Yes, yeah, right. Right, yeah. for the world title. Mm-hmm. Um, he got eliminated. Uh, After what was a it? huge chokeslam from Undertaker. Yo, Taker chokeslam my man off the pot. And that's why, uh, shout out to CT, man. He put in a lot of research and extensive time. And when you go back and watch the stuff on the WWE Network, and you go back and see some of the things, like... MVP taking the choke slam off the pot, or um, MVP having matches with Batista, like you said, yeah. or um, we going back and seeing um, MVP and three Money in the Bank ladder matches yeah. and three consecutive WrestleManias. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's and he's he's highlighted. He's highlighted, yeah, he's highlighted. He's, he, and he's having some spots. Uh, shout I out. mean, he when, became a token blackie in that match, though. <laughs> within the within the, the Money in the Bank match, yes, he he wasn't the token one. He there was there was a it was couple four. there was a couple token. It was ones. the four yeah, black but, horses, but he got Kofi, FEB, Shelton, Kofi, Mark Henry, yeah, and Mark, oh, Mark Henry, yeah. Mark Henry's so, always been. But there. before we get into that. I have a problem with the way they're booking him at this point. Like, I really do. Like, he's your United States champion. Yes, he had a heart condition. He went and got, um, you know, outpatient surgery. Came back within, like, a week or so. You know, give him something worthwhile that highlights your championship. You know, and putting him in the limited chamber, great. You know, he had a great spot with Undertaker. He had a great spot where he fell off the, um, the, the pod, choked him up the pod and whatnot. He was like... A guy who was a great character that they could use, but they never pivoted with him where they can make him instead of take him to the next level. And this is another spot. When, while he's like your United States champion, going into Mania, give him a single spot. You know, give him like a one-on-one match like he had the previous year with Chris Benoit, or give him something that can highlight him and give him some more a storyline. WrestleMania, know, a real story but look at WrestleMania twenty-three and then the remain those twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six. 
There's no way. There's no. I know twenty three was a good twenty three, and we said twenty. I I said WrestleMania twenty three low key was a was a really good card. Mm-hmm. But WrestleMania twenty four is Edge and Taker, I believe. Okay. Um. It's uh um. Uh, I know twenty five for sure is Taker and Sean. And 26 is taking a Sean. Those are like really, st- I mean, those are, that's the main event that I'm highlighting, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty, those are really stacked cards. Yeah. You know I, I know, mean? I know. And, and I, and, but MVP. I mean, your inner condo, but your inner condo champion is also in that match too, though. <sighs> here's the thing, though. He has a viable mouthpiece and character that translate. That's not, that's very rare. I'm sorry. You have a lot of people that are talented in the ring. They can't translate it to the mic and get people and get over. MVP got himself over, and the least you can do is help him with, with, in that process and give him some matches and storylines that can, he can showcase that. Now, putting him in money in the bank matches to do the spots he did, um, cool. If you do put him in a limited shape or, you know, he's in, in there with main eventers, cool. And I'm sure Shelton, while doing that, he's humble guy. You know, he's like, hey, I'm in the... As things change, other things stay the same. Like Ohio Lottery scratch-offs, from small tickets to big tickets, from bright colors to flashy themes. There's something for everyone. Big wins make big stories, but it's the millions of small wins every day that make life-changing memories. And your biggest win will come by following the state-recommended safety protocols during this special holiday season. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious. Say hello to Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Main event, what you know, and, and that's cool. But you, like you say, he wanted to be world heavyweight champion one day, and he looks at it as like, yeah, I'm paying my dues. However, looking back on it in hindsight, now looking back on it, watching his career, I'm like, damn, they had moments right here where they can make this guy a legit main eventer, and they stuck with the old guard. Not that. Not that they shouldn't have stuck with the old guard, but they should have. They had multiple moments. They had. It's not like they had like one moment where I'm like, oh, one WrestleMania where MVP could have had an angle, a serious angle going into it. He had multiple WrestleManias, and we'll talk more about us subsequently uh, matches this year. It's like they kind of kept him spinning his wheels. He was in a holding pattern, you know. Right after WrestleMania, I think he wins his second Universal Championship. I mean, uh, Universal United States Championship against Shelton. You know, I mean, going into it, he won. He wins it. He wins the United States Championship. Um, I think on the SmackDown before Mania, and then at Mania, he wins it. Uh, going after that, he's United States Champion. But they don't. They still don't do anything of substance with my man. You know, uh, Backlash 2008. Uh, oh, he he. No, that's this, that was the following year. I'm talking about this is this period. Sorry, guys, we jumped ahead too far. Backlash 2008, he uh, faced Matt Hardy. He defended against Matt Hardy. Because Matt Hardy, in the Money in Bank match, came back, returned. The crowd goes wild. He returned from his knee injury, which was really uh, a ruptured appendix or something. Twist the fade off the ladder. Twist the fade off the ladder. Great spot. And going into 2008, um, Backlash, 
he's defending his title against Matt Hardy. Now we know they're not building this this feud over the course of damn near uh, 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 three quarters of a year to not give the belt to Matt Hardy, which he deserved. He's coming back from his injury, and I'm sure this this meant the world to Matt Hardy because coming back from injuries like that, you never know if you're gonna get that get that spot again. But yeah, he ends up. And I dropping apologize. it to Matt. I apologize. WrestleMania 25 was not a great card. I just went back and looked at it. They could have did something. <laughs> they could have did something other than that shit. I can yeah. tell you that. But yeah, um, going forward, uh, yeah, they kind of keep him in a holding pattern. You fast forward to 2008. Uh, he was in a scramble for the WWE Championship. And in that scramble match, we had Brian Kendrick, Jeff Hardy, Shelton Benjamin and Triple H. Uh, Jeff Hardy, Triple H, Brian Kendrick all held the title in that match. And MVP was a was a body. You know, he had a moment there, but he didn't pull it out. Uh, fast forward to, two, to January 16, 2009. Uh, Triple H will be out of the Royal Rumble unless MVP. Oh, yeah, MVP has gone on a losing streak right after that. So yeah. he loses the United States Championship, Matt Hardy, and pretty much goes on a losing streak. For five months and twenty and twenty matches, that lasts all the way to January two, six, six, January sixteen two thousand nine, where Triple H um, has an into altercation with who's the authority figure? I think it was like Vicky Guerrero. Where if he wanted to be in the in the Royal Rumble, MVP had to win a match with Big Show. I know, convoluted. If Triple H for Triple H to get into Royal Rumble, MVP had to win a match against Big Show. They could have just made it like MVP versus Big Show. MVP, you're not going to be in the Royal Rumble. You haven't won the match in God knows how long. For you to be in the Royal Rumble, you have to win this match. But no, they have to add Triple H's whole angle in there. And Triple H has to give MVP a pep talk backstage. The entire match, he's, um, you know, chasing. It's a, cat, a game of cat and mouse with Big Show. But eventually he wins due to help with Triple H. He takes a sledgehammer and, you know, knocks out Big Show. Um, I was not paying attention to this feud at all. I'm going to keep it funky. MVP is my guy, so we can be honest. Um, I was right back around when you won the United States title the second time. All right. It was, um... SmackDown him, 500. It was, yeah, SmackDown 500. It was him and Shelton. Yeah, and that's if you and fast forward all the way to March. Mar- yeah. Again, uh, that's what I was talking about earlier when he defeated Shelton, the SmackDown before WrestleMania, going into an, yet again into another one yeah. of the ring match. That's that's what I um, that's what I remember mm-hmm. because and at that point MVP's on a winning streak. Yeah, you know, so they turned his losing streak into a winning streak. Now, I have no problem with losing streak because I think within his character, he's an athlete, uh, he's a star. That's they something. Go, that's yeah. something within their stories that they have. They go through losing streaks. They go through losing streaks for sure. The redemption is him turning face through that. Now, he did turn face through that, but did they give him a moment? No, no. they gave him another money in the bank match. Why couldn't it be two great performers, Shelton Benjamin and MVP at WrestleMania? That's what you wanted. I think that would have been better. If you if you say like all right as a competitor, what would the story have been? The, the story could have been Shelton just talking shit about MVP. You Everybody's can't win a match. talking shit. The MVP talking shit. Shelton's talking shit. But what's the substance? The substance is him saying like, listen, man, you're making you're making us look bad. You are over here losing matches like crazy, 
and I'm a, I'm a legit gold standard. I am here to 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 hold a championship and be and and really represent the United States of America as That's a black true. man or whatever. But WWE wouldn't be that risky back then. They wouldn't be that risky today. Honestly, I mean, yeah, but for him to do what you just said and say, "Yo, um, you're not really about this life with this title. I need to get up above you." I think that's easy. I think that's a, I think that's easy for and him. And then a like, WrestleMania match, like yeah, and which MVP and Shawn Benjamin could have killed it. Give him some time. Hell yeah! I mean, shit. Give him a little bit of time. Just give them two match. Yeah, that'd been fun. I mean, and we ended up again. Fast forward, seeing them two in New Japan. Mm-hmm. So it's like wh- whoever MVP comes across, he builds a relationship that lasts. Yeah, because and you um, only do that if you're a good man. Like, exactly. If, if you actually. And and you're like respected and so, and genuine. Yeah. Um, so um, he has that money to make match at WrestleMania 25. It's against Finley, Mark Henry, Kofi Kingston, Christian, Punk, CM Punk, Shelton, Kane. Uh, so yeah, for for four black guys in this match, four white dudes in this match. You know, MVP and Shelton have a great exchange where Shelton jumps off the ladder and um, MVP just power bombs him. Shelton attempts to power bomb MVP. A sunset, doing a sunset flip out off the over the ladder, but he ends up messing up a little bit. He picks him back up and pretty yo, much tosses him yo. out the ring onto the rest of the black guys, and including he, Tony Atlas. And, yo, what was Tony Atlas doing there, man? Oh, Mark Henry. Mark Henry, yeah. Golly, he couldn't catch nobody. Oh, that's out the way. <laughs> MVP took a crazy bump, or it might have just been production that got it like that. So either or, that should look painful and real. But yeah, MVP once again doesn't win. You know, Punk wins it for a second time in a row. He won it last year too. Um, and after that, he gets drafted to Raw. And for that, he was the first United States champion on Raw. Yeah. So that goes on record. He was the first United States champion to ever hold that belt on a Raw. And he was the at that time the longest reigning champion. Yeah, he was. Three hundred forty-three days. Three hundred forty-three days. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't this reign, but it was a previous reign. But yes, he was a, still the longest reigning United States champion. Um, and until Dean Ambrose broke it, just now. Yeah, he, he broke it with the, the last, last couple of years, like four years four ago. Four years ago, yeah. Like that, yeah. So yeah, that's a long time for MVP, and he's still he's still up there. You know, he's in like one or two uh, right now, one, two, or three. He's he's up there as a, one of the longest reigns. He's always in the record books, and with him being the first United States champion on Raw. Once again, they could have done more with him. It's like another trend. But as MVP said in one of his interviews that I watched, he said, Raw was the place SmackDown stars went to die. You know? they Yeah, that's what he said. He was like, Kennedy went there. They didn't do shit with him. Uh, you know, people would go there, and they would not do much with him. I mean, we were. see that now in real life. Like, that's true. Kevin Dean Owens. Ambrose, Kevin Owens, Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Like... They call people The Miz. That's why, thank God, The Miz. The Miz actually back. did pretty good on Raw last year. He was in a Mania match with uh, Finn and Seth. But he's one of he's one he's not he's the outlier. He's not the, he's a, he's not the rule. When people go, he's right. People when people go to Smack to, from SmackDown to Raw, if you aren't one of the people that are in their eating at their table that that are you know one of the main players that they see that they can push, you're not doing much. So essentially on Raw, he had a, he had a pretty cool run with Mark Henry in Powerballing. Powerballing, <laughs> you know they formed Powerballing. Um, before that, he beat Jack Swagger at Summer Jack Swagger at SummerSlam in a 
you know, a match that they had. Uh, so then at the Royal Rumble the, the following year, he loses to The Miz in a match that was decent, you know. And going into this match is when the first time I'm seeing MVP get back into the, you know, title scene, United States title scene. And what's different about this feud with The Miz, they use his backstory a lot in this as him going through uh, the, you know, what he's been through in his life. He, if you don't know about MVP, he has been to prison. He was there for, he did a dime, like 10 years. And they use that in this feud with The Miz, which him and Riz, Miz are polar opposites. I mean, it's super you know? polar opposite. What makes that and made it money yeah. on TV. Yeah. And made it money on TV because the way MVP had to defend himself yeah. against the Papa's Miz made it, like, dope to watch. Exactly. Um, they're complete polar opposites. Miz, you know... MVP saying that Miz, you don't come from the same world I come from. It's substance behind the, behind the storyline. So right here, they could have done something with this with the, with this face MVP and put and put the title on him here. But I see they're doing something with Miz, so I'm not gonna kill him for that. But at the same time, MVP looked jacked at this point. I'm not sure if he was even like in the gym more, but he was swole. So he had the physique. He was getting better and better in the ring, you know, as he as he, um, he improved. He had this great match with the Miz on the Royal Rumble. Go back and watch it. Um, Miz busts himself open with a headbutt. <laughs> he hits MVP with a headbutt and busts himself open. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Wait, wasn't um, um, wasn't the Big Show his on... Yeah, he was still... He was a Miz show. So the Big Show was... The Miz show was also Jarrah's show. Where MVP and Mark Powerball had a few with them previously, yeah. So Big Show was just always goddamn around, man. Big Show's around everybody's career. Big Show has touched pretty much everybody around. Like, come on, Big Show's Big Show. He's been turning face heel, it doesn't matter. So it's not a surprise. So yeah, every uh, MVP Miz had a really good match. Um, should go see it, like CT said. Mm-hmm. But after he I challenges him again at Elimination Chamber. Just, mm-hmm. just say that real quick. He challenges Miz again. Let He loses that to uh, oh that's and that's the one where Miz busts himself up. And the first match at WrestleMania, I mean at Royal Rumble, uh, is where the feud started, where he uh, is attacked by the Miz and he eliminates himself in the Miz in the Royal Rumble. So he pretty much they're, they're li- legit having like a blood feud at this point. You know, like he eliminates himself. He they're, they're just brawling, and he ha- he feels disrespected. And going into uh, Elimination Chamber, that's when uh, he loses that match with The Miz, uh, where he def- um, goes after the title. Miz busts himself open. Henry crashes through the barricade in that match. And Big Show hits MVP with the knockout punch, so Miz wins by nefarious means. And, yeah. and MVP wasn't taking a lot of clean losses not too many times. I mean, when he did, he did. But like when they needed him to get over as a baby, they made sure he did. And yeah. for the crowd that hate him in 06, by the time where he is in 09, where he's able to do the ball and everybody's cheering for it now, yeah. like that's a great that was a dope turnaround when you mm-hmm. talk about character um Absolutely. character growth. Yeah, there you go. So you so he, he shows that the character even translated to a face and um people people cheered, you know. It wasn't just like um it, I mean, it was a gimmick, but you guys, if you could have done, when you have that, at least some people cheering for something that you say, and they, they get it, and they get you, and people are cheering for you, all you need now is some substance behind this character to go. 
But instead of giving him more substance, they put him in another money to make match. Because we all know that if you're Kane, I mean, not Kane, if you're even Kane, like, you know, Kofi, Shelton, and Miz, I mean, MVP, wrestled in three consecutive uh, money to make matches. And an MVP, I mean, not MVP, um, Mark Henry was in one of them too previous year. But Kofi, Shelton, and, and MVP. They got to throw those minorities in there, you know, <laughs> and not give them a spot. They couldn't give them a spot, like, even if they deserved it. You know, either any one of them could have solo matches at WrestleMania because, you know, not that they don't didn't do great things in a, in a Money and Bank match, but consecutive years back to back to back to back to back. I mean, but now when you're looking at it, man, I mean, that's the easiest way you can get a guy's a payday. No, I'm glad they got a payday because they and they, they earned it. You know that's why they got it, and they're on the main cards. You know, however, when you when I go back and look at MVP's career and I see the potential that he had, I'm like, damn, yo, they could have done something with them. And, and I'm sure he hears it all the time, like you should have been world champion. And I'm sure he's perfectly fine with what his career was. So it's not a knock on it, but creatively, when I go back and watch it, I'm like, oh man, they they kind of missed the missed ball. the ball with that one, yeah. yeah. Well, like, you know, they, at first, he, like I said, his career is very top heavy. He's like he had a lot of great stuff happen with the Inferno match. Uh, you know, he was in the Elimination Chamber. He was facing Kane, Undertaker. He had the Matt Hardy feud. But then he started spinning Imagine his wheels. Batista, Maxwell Batista, whatnot. Main event, Ric Flair. But then over time, it's like he because it kind of dwindled, and he you know become one of the guys. You know, it seems like he was just one of the guys they were was a great worker and a great talent. But moving forward, uh, in that he returned to SmackDown April thir- April thirtieth, uh, interrupting the Straight A Society. Uh, he tagged with Ray to defeat them um, to beat Punk and Gallows in Straight A Society. Six one nine. You know, <laughs> he hits he hits him with uh, the Gallows with the three hundred five. I'm not sure if that's when he debuted the three hundred five, mm. but obviously him being Mister three hundred five from uh, Miami, Miami, you Liberty know, City, Liberty City. Uh, that was, he had the chain. He had the MVP chain. But he was the pay dirt, which I think is a great shift in t- and uh, fin- finisher because I never liked the playmaker. Um, uh, yeah, the playmaker. It takes too much time. It doesn't make sense. Uh, the person's not doing mm-hmm. nothing but landing on the back of your knee. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it. I didn't get it either. Uh, if anything, that boot should have been his finisher, which he did start to use in TNA as a finisher. But that boot should have been his finisher from jump. That boot in the corner he does. Was, it was vicious. The, halut, the, the jacuzzi kick. Yeah, it's explosive moves. It completely uh, should have been his finish from jump, if, from my, in my opinion, my humble opinion. But June 1st, MVP announced uh, as a mentor for Percy Watson. Percy finishes fifth overall in Shout NXT. Shout out Percy NXT. Shout out Percy Watson. Um, I didn't go back and watch his uh, run in NXT, but I'm sure MVP was very helpful to him uh, and, and mentored him because as he does his entire career, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, November 5th, SmackDown. He was in a triple threat for the for the number one contendership for the Intercontinental title against Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes, where Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre were in a kind of a feud where they were the tag, tag, tag team. Tag, they were the, cho- the chosen, what was it? The there were something mm-hmm. the 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 dashing ones. I think they were. Yeah, and in this match, he's a veteran, as you can see. Uh, he wins the match because, you know, Cody and Drew were feuding with each other. Uh, next week, he competes for an Intercontinental Championship against Dolph Ziggler. 
and he loses when the referee misses his foot on the rope. So, he, like you said, he was losing not clean. You know, when he lost, he didn't lose clean just flat out because they know they have something with this guy. You know, they're not going to just have Dolph Ziggler just go over him clean. But after that, um, I'm not I'm not sure if that that wasn't his last match of the day, but if you want to fast forward, let's talk about his New Japan um, stint. MVP ends up asking for his release around this time, yeah. and WWE grants it. I think John Laurinaitis was like, yo, you know, hey, go do your thing. John Laurinaitis gets it. You know, he, he, he wrestled, wrestled in Japan. Um, he's, MVP said that wrestling in WWE was his goal, but wrestling in Japan uh, was his dream. So he wanted okay. to go fulfill his dream, and not everybody is going. He turned away. He turned from a lot of money. You know, he had another contract coming up. He turned away a lot of money to go d- perform his dream, and he seems like a guy who's always going to chase his dream rather than the money. Whatever he wants to do. Yeah, he you know? go, he's going to do what he wants to do. Yeah. He's going to do what he wants to do. And um, this was very important and um, influential for a character because this is now you're on your own. This is without the machine. Mm-hmm. This is without the support. In a whole this, foreign in a, country. In a, in a foreign country. But he adapted himself really well. Um, and over that course in time, he became the first ever IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Yep. A championship that is revered as one of the greatest championships in professional wrestling history. It is the, I mean, obviously, it is the Japan's Intercontinental title. Yeah. Everybody, the who's who, have won it, and he's the inaugural one. No matter what you say. He sets up that history. Yeah, no matter what, he has. he's in the history books once again as the inaugural IWGP Intercontinental Champion, the first one ever. And shout out to New Japan for giving him the title, uh, having a, a gaijin come, and not just any gaijin, but a yeah. black man gaijin come yeah. in. With the, and, the, and seeing the potential in him right away and giving him the strike. Having him go over guys like Okada and Shinsuke. And uh, they even had matches where he tapped out Tanahashi. So go back and check out New Japan stuff. He beat Machine Gun <laughs> Anderson. You know, you know what I mean? He, like, he had a great time over there. I, I see that you know he, he always wanted to be in New Japan. And you know he looked at Chris Benoit as a mentor. So Chris Benoit would always tell him, you know, yeah, New Japan, I mean, Japan, Japanese wrestling is... Where it's at, and he's always been a fan, and he always loved the shoot style of wrestling. So I'm, cu- I know he must have living his dream must have been huge for him and to go over there and and to be actually not just live the dream, but be accepted and um, appreciated and saying, hey, you know your work is seen. Here's a come here here goes the um, our first Intercontinental Champion Championship. And he was in New Japan before it was cool. Like, he yeah. was in New Japan before way before, it, before it was the way Bullet Club. Be there. Yeah, you know? And my thing is, too, also, MVP was able to transform and translate that character in front of a whole new, brand new audience yeah. and a brand new continent. A right? brand new culture and have it translate. So, what more can you say about that, you know, New Japan? Um, as we said... Fast forward to TNA. As he said, yeah, t- fast forward to TNA. Yo, but he beat Okada. He beat Tezitsu Naito. He beat... 
I mean, uh, um, shit, I'm sorry. He wrestled Masaka Tanaka? Yo, Uh shout out to, yo, Tanaka's been around a long time. (laughs) Smashing in the head, yo. Yo, he, uh, didn't he have that, like, classic match with Ric Flair? Masada Sanaka? Yeah. He's in the WWE Hall of Fame? Yeah. Yeah. He, Yo, he, he faced fucking Japanese legends. Yeah, he lost the title. Living legends. To Tanaka. Mm-hmm. He, lost the, he lost the title. And he, oh, okay. He lost it to Tanaka? Yeah. He was the champion for 148 days. Huh? Decent reign, man. That's yeah, pretty decent reign. Yeah. And he wrestled, and uh, that's what I wanted to say. He wrestled in a, in a, in a Wrestle Kingdom and a WrestleMania. How many people can say that? I, you know? You know? I, that I, think, list is not, I think it's just him and Jericho. Him, Jericho, AJ Styles, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, Finn Balor, yeah. Finn Balor, I mean, come on. Goddamn, that's a lot. Okay, well, why would you set me up like that? I didn't say yeah, you, yeah. you set yourself up. No, okay, yeah, you're right. I was sleeping. Okay. <laughs> so let's move on to TNA. Yeah. And um, this was his most, what you would consider his most... Um, Impactful stuff outside of WWE too, as far as the embracing of the man and the uh, the progression of the character goes. Absolutely, man. Um, and him evolving as a not only a a artist in the ring and an artist of professional wrestling, but a mentoring role himself, where he he touches the careers of so many different. Um, people in TNA. It helps them get over in a way. You know, when he came in, he was re- revealed as a secret investor. You know, he was Dixie's rival in the sense uh, there was like the kind of kind of a feud going on for the ownership of the company. Uh, he wins a match at Legal Laser Lockdown with Bully Ray helping his team go over and he owns, he becomes the actual director of operations for all of TNA. This leads to May 8th where he turns on Eric Young. Uh, which was, you know... It was his heel, Eric fucking Young, which was his <laughs> heel turn, yeah. which I think is where he he fits at. Yeah. I think he's comfortable there. I think... You know what I, I think mean? A lot, there's a lot of people who are comfortable as heels. He is one of the people that I can do, think can do both. But... Yeah, he can do both. His, his his bread is buttered with his heel work. I'm not going to front. His heel work is very good, especially his heel work in TNA. I'm gonna, bro. His 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 heel work in TNA was probably his best heel work his entire career. His best work is maybe his entire career as far as character. Yeah, you know. So let's get right into it. Um, he turn he turns on Eric Young, but he ends up getting injured. Man, yeah. he ends up getting injured. He ends up. Uh, they were gonna put the title on him. They said. Yeah, he was, they're gonna because Eric Young was a TNA champion. You know, he had that Daniel Bryan run, kind of. You know, that underdog that. Eric, <laughs> you know, and uh, MVP was scheduled to take the title off of him. Unfortunately, he goes down to a knee injury. Uh, but like a champ, MVP sticks around. Whether it's crutches, whether it's on wheelchairs, he yo. sticks around and forms a, uh, a stable with Kenny King and Bobby Lashley. 
I heard it was called MLK, MVP. <laughs> you know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. <laughs> you know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Uh, Lashley, King. But uh, he helps put them over and get... He he lets Bobby Lashley take his place in the match, and they help Bobby Lashley win the match. Win the match, yeah. So even in his um, injury, he is embracing the fact that his character can get somebody else over. Yep. And why not do it again with another black man and Bobby Lashley? And a black man that left WWE too, and obviously has almost a full package of what WWE would want for a black world champion and hasn't to this point had that. And with him winning the TNA Championship, MVP being a part of that, and having the reign he had with MVP at his side... I don't think Bobby Lashley has the main event run that he has later on in TNA without MVP. MVP was no, like Bobby's no, Leo Rush before Leo Rush. Yeah, you know he was Bobby's Leo Rush before Leo. He was his mouthpiece. He was his hype man. Um, and I think that Bobby grew in character with being around Kenny King and being around MVP. So when he branched off on his own, because those are the guys that have yeah, natural charisma. Yeah, they have natural charisma. Yeah. Um, and you know Kenny King learned the ropes. Uh, MVP's the mouthpiece, and, and I'm sure that rubs off on him. So when Bobby's turn to to take to leave the leave the group, he has the tools to become a legitimate man for TNA as a heavyweight champion, which WWE didn't didn't do, and it's something that they could have. But he initiates um, the beatdown clan January 7, thousand five, and this is what his claim to fame is in TNA. Now the beatdown clan was full. Uh, was a team of MVP as a leader, Loki, Samoa Joe, Kenny King, and Eric Young. Eric the fuck Young. <laughs> Eric Young. I have no comment on that, but I, I would say the continuity factor of having Eric Young. You mentioned Eric Young was the Owen Hart of the yeah yeah. <laughs> Because, because you know, if, you, just, if you look back at the Nation Domination, and if you remember when Owen Hart was a part of uh, the Nation of Domination, that's what it looked like when I saw Eric Young with the Beatdown Clan. And then I likened uh, Samoa Joe to The Rock because he's Samoan too. You know? <laughs> but if you want to liken Beatdown Clan to... Because you know I'm always making my parallels to things in the past. That's exactly what I thought of when I saw the Beatdown Clan. Uh, moving on. Uh, so yeah, he gets his friends... He gets to work... In TNA with his friends, and as he said, his family. 
and with his friends and family, he went out and talked shit to all you flat scans. Is that what he said? Flat scans? Flat, I think they think he called them flat scans. I don't even know what MVP, that is. MVP, if you're listening, let us know what the hell a flat scan is. <laughs> but uh, within this beatdown clan, the de- general vibe is that, yo, they are the Wu-Tang of TNA. They just take what they want. They, and, you know, they, they, they will say BDC ain't nothing to mess with. And we all know what they really want to say. Yeah, I mean, the, that, that for the most part, was really, like, real nigga shit mm-hmm. that I, you know what I mean, that mm-hmm. I really got down with. You know what I mean? Uh, Samoa Joe and Kenny King and Loki um, are all guys in their own right that can get themselves over. Yeah. But MVP did something with them that allowed them that they didn't have to do so much. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. Because I think without Beatdown Clan, without BDC, I mean, does Loki get the Exorcism Championship? Does mm. which he had before? Which I know Loki can get it on his own, but that gives him a little bit different of a character with that reign. Exactly, you know? exactly. Um, and then later on, Kenny Kings gets it. You know, so uh, EY, you know, he had his matches where the Beatdown Clan had to hook him up real quick. You know, so it's it's a lot of uh, passing. And helping people's out in his career in TNA, he 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 did his job, and he's one guy I can say in TNA that left the place better. And but yeah, yeah, he left the place. He he, there's a lot of people that came to TNA and really fucked shit up, and they didn't do jobs and they didn't work with people. And he's one of the people that did. Um, and, and, he know, his, 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 and he didn't have to get the title to do it either. He didn't. He didn't. You know what I mean? You know, he had his reign with Bobby Lashley afterwards, which I think is. One of which which is a great rivalry in itself because for me watching it back, there's a lot of undertones of things that go down in the black community where he's just like where Bobby thinks he's too much he's better than them because one thing I learned about MVP during that pro- program, he referred to BDC as his family, and he's like if I win it, we all win it. If I yeah. win the championship, we all win it. So if somebody wins the championship, we, it's, it's beat down class championship. And as black people, we you know how we feel when one of ours wins something. So that was the essence of Beatdown Clan. So even in it, even with the Beatdown Clan being a heel group, if you look at it a certain he's way, a face. he's a baby face. <laughs> um, but uh, Bobby Wednesday, he leaves um, BD- BDC, and they have this feud. They beat him down in New York City. Uh, you know, there's, a, there's an inter- yeah, that yeah. was definitely dope. They uh, they're in New York City outside. The Beatdown Clan beats the shit out of Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley gets saved by. Bobby Roode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yo, and even P, yo, working with perennial stars right now in the E. Everybody. At this time. Uh, Drew Galloway. Yeah. Um, uh, Kurt Angle. Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Yeah, he worked the Hardys uh, over there. Worked the Hardys. Yes, yeah. the Hardys. Bobby Roode. Uh, Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Like, he was, he, and this was and like three, four years ago. He was a huge part that whole year. It was the, That whole run was... Uh, two that was it two thousand five through two thousand six. He he what's, he what's run in TNA? Oh, not uh, two thousand five. Two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fifteen. Two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fifteen. Two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fifteen. All right. So yeah, that whole run with TNA, I think gave him, I mean, gave TNA a spot that made the show entertaining. I know yeah. that me personally, I that made that sparked my eyebrows up because I never really watched TNA consistently. When I saw Beatdown Clan on my TV on the on the commercials, 
Like, okay, uh, Kenny King, MVP, Bobby Lashley. Okay, is this some new, new doubt, new, like, you know, Nation of Domination? And it was. It was something, it was something new. different, yeah. It was something different, but it had the same essence. And we never, we haven't had that in wrestling for a long time. It was organic. Like, if you need to and if you want to, um, MVP has some specific promos that, um, you know, in TNA that were very, very... Uh, oh, yeah, he murdered those promos. I mean, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, shit, man. It's a word I want to use, and I don't want to like sound too smart, so I'm just going to look for another word. But it was like uh, really rejuvenating to see somebody yeah. uh, speak that way, uh, passionately, uh uh, eloquently, when he wanted to discuss some things, as far yeah, eloquently, as like, he was articulate. You know, it was it was just and his cadence. Like, I always talk about his cadence. His cadence in the ring, he doesn't fuck up like other people do. Like, there's a lot of people that can talk in the mic, but there's rarely a time when MVP uh, just bumble his words. People do that all the time. We've seen plenty of great talkers do that. I, and the only time we saw him bumble his words, he was like out of frustration one time. Out of frustration, yo, when he was a. Uh, and the world tag team tag, ah! <laughs> funniest shit ever, yeah. man. But yeah, um, he did part TNA unfortunately, uh, but I think he left the place better. Uh, apparently, he got fired from somebody else's mistake. So TNA is a complete mess in the management. We all know that, but they are not. They're still around, so they'll never die. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah cockroaches, you know, man. yeah, cockroaches exactly. But, uh, yeah, he left his mark. That's what I'm going to say. You know, without him, who knows if Bobby... And, I, and I'm not, you know, trying to take anything from Bobby himself. But who knows if Bobby gets that character and that, that, he, that he then takes on to be the dominant force and as a heel later on and destroyer in TNA later on, you know? Meanwhile, he's over there working with Drew Alloway, working with, you know, putting people over like Kenny King and Loki, who who are great talents. So he, he did his work. He came to, to TNA... He made it a better place and made it more entertaining. And that's all you can ask for. And with that, like, it also highlights the reason why we're doing this character spotlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, to show the unselfishness, to show the um to show the the generosity to the business, to also know that in order to keep this going, which it is going mm-hmm. still. You mm-hmm. have to be able to have, you know, um, uh, um, st- stars that aren't stars. You know what I mean? Yeah. MVP is a star that isn't a star, unfortunately. He's a star amongst, you know what I, I mean? I think like, that he is a star. Because if you go back in time and look at the guys like then come on, Ted DiBiase, right. you know, who never won the heavyweight championship on a, on a major scale, but people remember him. You know, people are gonna people remember MVP, whether they, whether you, well, if you watch wrestling during that time, he stuck with you. Whether it's BDC, whether it's New Japan, whether it's WWE, he he, he made a mark. You know, he was even in MLW. You see that the crowd remembers him. Yeah. He made a mark. That's all you can ask for in wrestling business is for you to make people feel something. And from day one, MVP stepped in the door and made the audience feel something. Whether it was good, whether it was bad. Whether it was you know crying or whether it was sad, you know, he he made them feel something, and he's a he's a he's a veteran, you know. Yeah, so that's a that's a good point yeah, actually to make because um, uh, that's all people talk about in this business. 
All they talk about is a reaction. Mm-hmm. And no matter where MVP went, it was a legitimate reaction. Mm-hmm. It was a legitimate reaction. And if he was allowed to be a heel, that reaction was fucking pure. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that. Um, but after um, after um, TNA. TNA, he did some stuff in Lucha. Um, he did some stuff in All Pro Wrestling. Um, yeah, he, he did some stuff indies, in PCW. You know, did some stuff in the Indies. Um, going around collecting those checks. I mean, you know, <laughs> money, 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 dog. You know, and he got he had, he did have a, a kid recently, like two years ago. So, um, um, shout out to his kid, and I'm sure right now he's just trying to be a father. You know, but if you didn't know, you know, MVP also worked in um, Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, you know, he's he, a purple. He's a purple, he's a purple belt, belt in uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And that also was tied into like his storylines in TNA when he was saying like, "Oh, you know, bo- you know, wrestling Bobby was like, yo, Bobby, I, I, yeah. I get busy, fam. Yeah, I do. I, I choke people too. out. Uh-huh. I dislocate joints. You know what yeah, I mean? You train I, with Josh I, Barnett, exactly." You know? So like so uh so shout out to him always just being involved always being um adding to him the like I said mm-hmm. legitimacy I love legitimacy in wrestling yeah for you real. know what I mean so, and he's a guy who loves to shoot work so exactly yeah that's so that's what he does man. So, um so with that like we said he um last time we saw him on WWE TV was he Raw did 25. Raw twenty five he made an appearance which was crazy because I had just worked with him at MLW I think the week before <laughs> for real so it was like cra- it, was, it was either the week before or two weeks before uh-huh. but whatever the case may be yeah, like he was uh, playing was poker like, with APA yeah, yeah. so like it's, it was dope to see and like you said that that's that um is a testament to his character so. Um, good for proving me wrong. Yeah. WWE reached out to a guy and was like, "Hey, do you want to come up to New York for a spot?" Yeah, it's a, a pay. Come in here. We'll pay for your flight. Come here. You know, sit down, act like you're playing some poker, get a check, move on. You know. And with that said, you know, like he's he, he, he he's right now he's like 45 years old. You know, and I don't and expect him still, to be. I don't expect him to be back in WWE. I think that's like his career is over. So I think if. I think if anything, like I said, MVP mind is really, really good. Yeah. If anything, I would love to see MVP as an agent. I would love to see MVP as would, an agent. I would too. love to see MVP as an agent. I honestly, um, they're hiring, you know, Abyss. They're hiring Sanjay Dutt and, and Shane you know, Davari and Shane Helms. Less, um, you know, we see, you saw that he did a lot of, you know, work with people on MLW. He was a, he's a, we all know him as OG MVP. He is the uncle, like you said, and he's a guy teaching kids and keep, and being with that said, he took the time out. Exactly. And MVP, I mean, MVP in the timeout, like I see him at afterwards, MVP, you know, after, I mean, after MLW, he stuck, stuck around and he chatted with the, with the boys. So he's perfect and he has a mind for business. Yes. Clearly, clearly how to get something over and how to get people over and how to form a character and in different ways. So with that said, WWE, hire MVP as an agent, man. Give him, give him, give him that check. Give him that check. <laughs> yeah. Give him that check. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I just seen that uh, he uh, he was in ROH this year. A word? Yeah, in 20, 2019, had no idea. Which, it says that it was his first appearance ever for Ring of Honor. Oh, word? In okay. January. January 25th, he made his first appearance with Ring of Honor 
at their road to the G1 Supercard in Houston. He debuted as a surprise partner of Kenny King. Oh, okay. Reforming the beatdown clan. Oh, shit. Uh, so that was dope. They went on to defeat Willie Mack and uh, Cole Cabana. Yo, shout out to MVP. Yo, just keep collecting your check. And shout out to Kenny King. That, yeah, that, was, that, you know? that, that was a dope. That had to have been a dope spot. Yeah. That had to have um, been a dope spot. But yeah, keep collecting your checks in the Indies. And, you know, I don't think he wants to do a, a permanent stay. Well, don't be wrestling too much, though. You know what I mean? Like, I think at some point in time, I would really like to see MVP not wrestle. If he can legit collect the check by being an agent, being a producer, you know, working for maybe an upstart company. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, wink. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, I think he can contribute to the business other than wrestling. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because I don't, I, I you know... I hate to see performers go when it's past their go time. We all seen it with Undertaker. We all seen it with Rick Shawn Michaels. Say, yeah, I'm well, sorry that match that sh- you know the showdown with Melbourne was trash. Um, sorry to shit on that match, but it was. We all know it. And you don't want to become a uh, a a character of what you are. You know, if you're if you I don't want I don't want to see MVP 50 years old saying bullet. Exactly, I don't want to see him 50 years exactly, old. Exactly. Exactly. Like, it's like dated old man saying this, you know, Dipset, uh, Jim yeah, Jones, yeah, Cameron yeah. shit. Um, back in the day, that that fit for the time and the era was at, and he was at, and we don't want to see him just do come that, you know, that nostalgic sh- act. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you gonna collect those checks, collect those checks, sign an autographs. Man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like so, um, but no, nah, you know, to end on a positive note. We we really just wanted to just show dedication and appreciation to the character and the development of uh, MVP. Um, WWE owned Montel Vontavious Porter, uh, so you yeah. was able to go ahead and make a name with MVP, which was hella fucking smart. Again, above you know. Uh, that you know above average mind, you know mine like to to be able to be like I'm a I'm a go I'm a have this I'm a yeah. go ahead and make sure I can use this and it's mine ownership yeah he understands the business you know man. what I mean so you know, uh, yeah from 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 the from the tunnel entrance that Dusty Rose created till now it seems like from what I hear and what I see he's been a class act and he's worked hard. And that's all you can ask for in somebody for. who's in this industry. You're never promised anything, you know. You know, so I and he wasn't promised anything when he came to WWE, but he made a career on his own by himself, what he wanted to be. Well, no he cosign. He didn't really. No, he didn't have no cosigns. Yeah, he didn't have no cosigns. He went on there. And he, he proved he, himself. He proved himself. And 06, 07, 08 was a a sink or swim motherfucking yeah. league and, and SmackDown. And and also, you know, he was a SmackDown guy through and through. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was a SmackDown guy through and through. So we just wanted to um we just wanted to, to show um, you know, appreciation to you once again. Absolutely, absolutely. Um our first ever black uh uh not our first ever black hair because yeah, we did new day, day. But, uh, for, but black for Black History, History Month, Month you are our first ever Black History Month character spotlight and you deserve it because you are undervalued and underappreciated as a wrestler and we just want to shout you out uh real quick because you know give you your roses while you're still here for sure man and uh we're gonna go ahead and uh end 
the night and end the show with one of his most prominent and most remembered promos uh-huh. that we remember that made us go back and be like, you know what? MVP was fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> he was fucking great. Uh-huh. And so uh, this is a promo he had and uh, and TNA and it was it was very logical. It was it was very um, pinpoint and um, it was it's, it, it's just, it, it was range. It, it was, was range. It was range from him being an arrogant ball player to him now being uh, 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 a worldly um, knowledgeable person within a. Uh, you know, I, oh, and speaking of him being worldly, he, he's he's a, he's a political. Uh, he's he's politically savvy. You know, I, remember, yes. I mean, you know, when I remember when I first met him, I, first, I told him, "Yo, you know, me and him, you know, I'm, I'm a precious friend. You know, we have a podcast about wrestling." The thing he said to me, he says, "There's a lot more going on in the world besides wrestling." Yeah, and I just he shut me down real quick because <laughs> he just shut me up real quick. I was like, "Oh yeah, you're right." <laughs> which makes which makes it which makes it a little bit more dope when you're hanging around him because, uh-huh. um, you know, MVP was. Or is the guy that will take a ride from a kid in a Benz that's barely like working, uh-huh. and he trusts him to get him to his hotel room after doing show after doing pre tapes, and in that car ride he's just giving that kid advice on how to just maneuver through what he's trying to maneuver through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it just it's a testim it's a testimony to like MVP's character. You know, um, and and outside. So when he says a lot more to life than wrestling, he 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 means it. Like he's a great, he's a uh, like he's a he's a a comic book enthusiast. Enthusiast and and what's the word? Comic book enthusiast. Enthusiast. <laughs> All right, come on, work with me here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he loves uh, the the movies, uh, the com- the Marvel movies. Uh-huh. Um, uh, he he's like you said, political savvy. Yeah. Um, so if you want to come on a podcast sometime, and not talk, if you don't want to talk about wrestling, we don't necessarily have to talk about wrestling. <laughs> just to let you know, you know what I mean. Um, we can definitely uh, you know wrap up and talk about the world mm-hmm. and how fucked up it is <laughs> for real. Because it's fucked up, man. Uh, and speaking of the world being fucked up, this promo right here uh, <laughs> talks about uh, the world, the being, world fucked being fucked up, up. Uh, in not so many words, but it was very impactful promo on me and on you guys. I'm sure you guys, if you know MVP's uh, BDC run in TNA, you would remember this promo uh, very much. Bear with us. (laughs) (laughs) We do what we want to do. We take what we want to take. The same way when your United States government wanted Iraqi oil fields, they just took them. When they wanted Libyan oil fields, they just took them. We do that. We take gold. And you speak so badly of us. When we skirt the rules like your Congress does to make the rules work for them, when we do that, you call us thugs. Thugs. You act like you don't know that thug is a new code word for... Now let's 
He said nigger. <laughs> In case you guys didn't get <laughs> didn't get what the gist was, they, they beeped it out. But they beeped it out. They said it, but it's nigger. But it's, yeah, with the ER, with the ER, <laughs> the strong ER. Strong. But um, in, in that promo, it makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Uh, he also had a promo with Bobby Roode where he says the kind of the same thing. It was like, yo, you cheat and and and, and they cheer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And when we do it, you know, we're labeled. And I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, nigga. Kept it real. Kept it all the way real. And that's the only way that you should do it as a uh, real African-American superstar in WWE. And bringing consciousness to uh, truth to power, you know what I mean? So thank you, MVP, for all your contributions as um, a African American black man in the industry, and giving us entertainment and paving the way and continuing that legacy that other black wrestlers have uh, laid for you, and being that that mentor that mentor, the mentor in, in the and being a staple and a staple in and being industry. a staple you a staple that you, has had an impact you and mark henry are considered one of the uh um new generation of black Hugh mark henry booker t uh-huh. you know what i mean that new generation of um, of black legends of black legends you know what i mean um, and you set the tone for Shane Strickland, Absolutely. for Cedric Alexander, for ACH, mm-hmm. you know, for Leo Rush, for Ricochet, for Bobby Lashley, for, you know, Bobby for, Lashley. for Kenny Who's, King, for all of them, you know. So they're all walking in, in your shadow. And uh, so this was just a little hour and 40 minute appreciation to you. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Follow us, uh, like we said, Reasonable Wrestling Podcast um, on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, RW Podcast One. Uh, we appreciate the follows, the comments, and the likes. Peace. Peace out. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. <laughs> you know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly.